Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. Sounded more like a question than a hey, statement. today's back to school day, right? Is, yeah. I, I, Suckers. Facebook reminded me because <laughs> everyone's posting kids and not us. But anyways. Yeah. But instead of having kids on the podcast, <laughs> I brought my wife again, Yay. Emily. Hello. Emily's here. Emily as a three-time. We were just saying... She's now been on more than Lloyd Kaufman. Mm-hmm. I think more than Greg Sestero. Yeah, because he's been on uh, twice, twice for sure. at least. Yeah, but possibly three. We're not we're not clear on that. Now she's catching up on Lee. I know. I, I don't <laughs> even know how many. I don't know the last time he was on one. He's so busy. Yeah, he's so busy making the movie and everything. I do remember it, but I can't remember. I'm always like on edge whenever he's on because you have to be on your toes to get a word in. Because like if he gets going, then it's like... great. You just sit back. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what he's gonna say. You know? I know the feeling. Yeah. Wait. So Emily, we're you tricked into being an extra in Christmas movies as well? Because I remember him saying something about they were looking for couples. It was close. I, I turned it down. Well, no, you turned it up, but then the timing got weird. Like, we were going to do it, but then they were like, oh, actually, you need to be there at 5 a.m. or something insane. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Oh, 5 a.m. You were like, well, I'll still do it. But I was like, I don't want to do it. We had to go to bed right then at 7.30 or 8 p.m. Oh, right, right, right. This isn't the one on Spark Street you're talking about. No, no, no. This was that other one where I don't even remember the name of it. I don't know. Something with mistletoe in it. And then, yeah, they wanted a couple and then we were going to do it. but Didn't quite work. The timing is so wacky. There was a role on the one that I did do, I think, afterwards that they were looking for something couple and i was like oh yeah we could do it but then i was like i don't know then i'm in i'm in the movie a bunch and then it just seemed like it seemed like a lot you know so but now she can hold it over your head of i allowed you to go off and have your dream come true <laughs> oh, now i get to go do something i owe man. you but we we survived now the cats are off to school and like, <laughs> it's like it's a lot it's funny because so i get to go to church every sunday now because and they pay we, you and they i get paid to go to church <laughs> And don't tell them I don't believe in anything. So, uh, But they're lovely folks. And I'm so interested to see the running of a modern religious gathering because I have no context. None. I've never done anything. They were away all of August doing outdoor events and now they're back. I think the greeter at the door said they had 19 new Carlton students. Hmm. And it's so fascinating to me that a kid will come from, who knows, from Vancouver or Winnipeg or Halifax come to town, somehow find out about this small, modern kind of religious gathering and just show up at the Mayfair and be like, yep, we're here. And I was laughing with the church folk. I was like, well, that's good news for us because they also just found out that this is a movie theater. Oh. So it's good multitasking promotion of, hey, you enjoyed church. Now come (laughs) see the room. (laughs) Two for one. That's kind of a religion for the people that come here in a way. It was the room, you know. Yeah. I wonder how, if there's any of those kids that are just like, they want to come and check out the Mayfair, like, free. And so they're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, church. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they're just sitting in here, like, looking around at stuff. And they're like, hey, you better be looking at God, you know. <laughs> well, it's interesting. My, I forget that she is my cousin by law, my cousin-in-law. My cool Uncle John and Aunt Margaret came to visit last weekend from Halifax because my cousin is going to Ottawa University. Hmm. So Gwen and I get to be the cool cousins in town to bring her to the Mayfair and go out to dinner and do whatever and try not to overstep and bother her every day. Hey, what are you doing today? <sighs> but just that. Now, Ottawa U and Carlton, Carlton's closer, but both would house Mayfair patrons, potential new patrons. That's a big population just hit. Plus with the domino effect of because of COVID, 
it's what, plus two years of kids coming to school for the first time, theoretically? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of new people in town. And Gwen and I witnessed some kids. And you look at that and you're like, I don't think I was ever that dumb, but I was probably <laughs> that dumb. I think it was a small group of teenage or 20-year-old young ladies shopping for the first time. And I have noticed a lot of that around the city the last few days. People out in the, in the big world. These people are feeling city mouse in Ottawa. So, oh my God, what about kids who are going to New York City for university or something? Like, that's a different world. Yeah, Toronto especially too. Like, couldn't imagine. Like, my first choice was going to Ryerson, but I was not their first choice, so I did not go to Ryerson. And also that doesn't exist anymore by that name, and I can't remember the new one. But the point is, yeah, that's where I really want to go. I was sad at the time, but I'm so glad in retrospect i mean first of all i wouldn't be here right now but but just (laughs) like couldn't imagine going to school downtown toronto that is so much i think you would have disliked it yeah and like and i'm a huge raptors fan obviously but like beyond that that's about it like because we've you know emily's sister lives in toronto and has often hoped we could live there you know or been like hey you guys should and we're just like i couldn't um, i would lose its luster in the first day i think probably and, so and your house would only cost 10 times as much. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't have a house. I don't even... That's a whole other kettle of fish I wouldn't want to deal with. All I could think is like, oh, yeah, you could, you know, Raptors. And like, that's about it. And I think after like the first or second game, I'd be like, okay, well, <laughs> like this is fun. But it's but even that I find stressful because I'm like, well, you got to get there, wade through all these people, and then you're there and everything. It's... I, I God, I'm so old. I'm like 90 years old now. <laughs> Emily, you went to... You have a real job. You went to real school. Did you go for like four years in dorms kind of stuff? I never did dorm because I was living with my parents. I'm going to Ottawa U. Oh, that's easy. That's nice. Oh, and Ottawa I, U alum and now mm-hmm. like his yeah. cousin. Yep. And then I did, uh, I went to Peterborough. I went to school in Peterborough, went to school in Kingston, and I'm never going to school again. That's a lot of school. It was a lot of school. <laughs> and uh, ask me if it helped me. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the harsh reality mm-hmm. of, I had a great time at film school and met one person who I keep in touch with and I'm still friendly with. And it was fun. Went to film school. But jobs are all different. But that job especially, and you hate to say this, but you're like, uh, hey, kids, don't go to school. Stay at home. On your cell phones with your friends. Make a bunch of short films that are horrible and learn. Watch audio commentaries on movies and go to film festivals and meet people. And you have just as good of a shot of getting into the industry as spending a lot of money at film school. Is that true? Like, can you? Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, if you're if you're a doctor, <laughs> you kind of got to go A, B, C, D, I'm a doctor. But for certain jobs, like, say, a writer, the film industry, you can go to school to learn how to work in a fancy restaurant, learn all the ins and outs. Or, and I know friends who have done this, you could start as a dishwasher and work your way up. And then be a super respected high-end chef who has magazine articles about them and stuff. Mm. So there's no right way. And there are people who George Lucas went to film school. Steven Spielberg couldn't get into film school. So there's, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very back and forth. Or like Tim Burton started as an animator, did some short animation, worked his way up, stumbled into directing Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and that kind of happened. But he drew stuff like very non-Tim Burton stuff, like Fox and the Hound. (laughs) So his career track in an alternate universe is he is today a Disney animation director, but not Tim Burton. Right. Whereas other people go to film school, make a short film, get that into a festival, get that scene and kind of follow a path. But then other people just kind of 
stumble into it. It's a really weird industry, but I would have had just as good of a shot. And I did work a lot in film, but of being a production assistant on some independent films or, and nowadays there's so many stories of people just doing it themselves. So yeah, it's a weird industry. You don't need a diploma to direct a movie. Same in many industries like that, where I've heard people say like, I don't know, like construction. I'm sure you can go take classes on how to do stuff, but I think you can start as an apprentice or an assistant and work up the ladder that way. Maybe just like join the union, start sweeping floors. Yeah. And go Pretty there. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's interesting, like film especially is one of those ones where there's so much, there's so many classes in the sense, director's commentaries or stuff like that, or YouTube videos or behind the scenes stuff where you can learn so much about that industry without actually being part of it or at the beginnings of being part of it. But that's the part that's crazy to me. Someone like a Sam Raimi type or something like that, that just learns their way exactly. or fails upwards almost in a way. Yeah. And you know, and you're going to get more from that than paying God, whatever, 20 grand a year or whatever it is to like try to actually learn quote unquote film. Yeah. Sam and his friends made a bunch of terrible low budget <laughs> horror films, shorts. Yeah. And then almost killed themselves making Evil Dead. And then cut to 40 years later and Sam Raimi is directing Multiverse of Madness and producing big TV shows. And he's Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's pretty absurd. Even him getting Spider-Man in the first place was kind of like yeah. a bit random. And people were sort of like, I don't know about this. But then it's now it's considered to be, you know, kind of the best... Well, I don't know. A lot of people consider that to be the best take on Spider-Man, but now that's sort of coming around too, like, because, I don't know, people are really digging No Way Home and all the new stuff, so I don't know how to feel about it. I, I like those early ones, but I don't know. I found, like, the second Spider-Man to be a bit corny, and but, I mean, the comics were too, so I guess that's good. Yeah. Well, now they're all, like, everything's generational. It's like James Bond. It's, it's everyone has their Spider-Man, everyone has their Bond. These franchises are so deep, and they're not going to stop. Yeah. There's going to be somebody else playing Spider-Man in 10 years. And people, people are like, oh, why'd they make another one? Because it made a billion dollars. <laughs> if you're in a shoe store and you've sold out all your shoes, you don't go, ah, I did it. You get more shoes, you make more, you Let's know. Let's try something totally different this time. <laughs> I will say, like, I guess we're the golden eye generation, and I like Pierce Brosnan, but I do prefer Daniel Craig as a Bond. But, yeah. I mean, I think that's also, too, because the movies are better, so. You guys went to see Top Gun 2. No, she well, won't. What did you go see? Uh, she, no, um. She. She, I was, I, you're here, another point. I knew you went to see something mainstream. Yeah, yeah, well, we saw, um, well, I went to see Marcel the Shell, but that was here. Yeah. No, oh, you weren't at Thor. Okay, I see a lot of movies without her, apparently. <laughs> then we go to the theater? I thought you guys Dead. went to a mainstream movie. Yeah. Was that with Ben and Frankie? Yeah. You know? Clearly it made no yeah, impression. Yeah, really good movie. But I want to see, did see? I, I don't know, not Top Gun, though, because Emily has no interest whatsoever, and I'm always hyping it up. All these people who you agree with say it's great, or these people who normally would not like such a movie. I can't do it. Yeah, she does not care. Yeah, I had no interest either, and then everybody says the best, so partly, I'm sure I'll see it. But it's partly the plot, but partly Tom Cruise. Like, I can't look at him without just feeling, like, gross. Like, I need to have a shower oh, yeah. afterwards, yeah. Tom Cruise is such a strange anomaly, because in a world, especially now, where often for better and sometimes for worse, the microscope is on a celebrity that he has beat the odds and is still the biggest movie star in the world <laughs> when, and I won't go too deep into it, but whether it's tied into his personal life, his religious, his, <laughs> his interviews, just stuff over and over and over again with a few blips in between, giant hit movie, giant hit movie, giant hit movie. So on one hand, if you're looking at it purely 50-50, on one hand you're like, 
okay, well, they're separating the artist from the performer and enjoying the thing. On the other hand, you're like, wow, how come when James Gunn said some inappropriate things on Twitter 10 years ago, it almost ruined his career and he did everything right. He apologized. He humbly said, yeah, Marvel's getting rid of me. That's okay. And he has eked his way back in. But yeah, in an alternate world, you could see like, oh yeah, when Tom Cruise did that thing 20 years ago, that was the end of Tom Cruise. But he's got another Mission Impossible come and he's, and especially Top Gun, which was 30 years between. When I heard he was doing that, I both kind of had no interest and I was kind of like, wow, will people care? And people really cared. Seems like it. It was Nope that we saw, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we couldn't remember. And it was good. It's not that it was bad, but it was... Uh, you and know. you can't tell me anything because I have a feeling it'll be on our screen sooner or later and I want to go see it. But. Yeah, no, we definitely got to get that. But no, I, I did not care at all about Top Gun, but now I kind of do care. Just, I mean, I guess the pressure's gotten to me because everybody in the world is talking about how great it is. Yeah. But... Maybe we'll get it. I don't know. It's weird because everything is multiplex tv really yeah. fast so i feel like i'll be watching it alone in my basement yeah <laughs> i never saw the first one anyways so yeah i saw the first one with my dad because it was the 80s and it was a dad movie with airplanes and stuff and it did, did you like f- it as a kid i think i liked it fine it also shows like you know kids have bad taste so around that time like at 85 or so i was way more in 85 86 way more into the live-action Masters of the Universe movie <laughs> than any Top Gun. And Masters of the Universe was both a resounding flop and not good. But as a kid, it was like, this is the next Star Wars. Like, I was in. So going to see an airplane movie, I went to see it. I think it was fine. But I think I was much more ecstatic about Transformers or He-Man or Dark Crystal, Willow, all that kind of stuff. That was the same year that Hellraiser came out, but that was a little too soon for you at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little like eight-year-old me being scarred for life. Yeah, but definitely, you know, the, like Zoom Zoom planes are pretty much all a kid wants to see, so it's like not really that hard to yeah. impress a child. You're not really paying attention to the singing on top of tables parts of the movie and whatever else happened to that movie. Yeah. Even, yeah, not great. So I have to mention before I forget, last week I told this story, long story short, about how when I was a kid met somebody whose mom worked at D&D, and I was ecstatic. I was like, your mom works for D&D, thinking Dungeons and Dragons. We proceeded to talk about that, and then I'm editing the podcast, and I go, none of us specify what the other D&D is. Because in Ottawa, I think everybody, when you say D&D, they know what it is, because, I don't know what, 50% of Ottawa works for (laughs) D&D? It's Department of National Defense. Yeah. So when I told that story... That's the punchline, is I was a dummy thinking my friend's mom was drawing dragons and writing about mazes, and she had some office job. Did you ask her a few questions and get very confused? No, but I said, at the time, it was like a Abbott and Costello who's on first, uh-huh. because the kid was, I, it might have been some show and tell thing or something. And so I would have said, my dad's a carpenter and my mom's in daycare. And he said, my mom works for D&D. And I remember being like, Dungeons and Dragons, that's so cool. And that confused him. And then I asked the question. And so it ping-bonged back and forth a little bit. So, But now I still think that every time somebody says d and I'm like, oh, cool. So you're... cool. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's cool. I mean, the, the real thing is it could be cool, but it, it's also like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of heavy too, I guess. Yeah, and I didn't know if <laughs> out-of-towners would know... Because I guess what, if you, maybe if you live in Washington, there's a D&D, I guess? You'd think, or something, it's probably the or same wait, thing. Or wait, in any city is there a D&D? No. 
I wouldn't, we should ask Nick. Like, no, oh, we, now he's we, not here. We don't need to know this. <laughs> Emily, do you know this? I don't. But it's funny. Every time there's this thing like that, because while doing a podcast, at least for me, who I am not professional, you really fall into, you're having a conversation. And then you listen back to it later and you realize you forgot to put in a little bit of specificity. Key information. Somebody listening in Winnipeg. And we do have some out-of-town listeners of just listen because they like movies and stuff like that. Are just like, what the hell is a D&D? Or we'll do this a lot. We will say cinema, meaning Saturday night cinema. And there's a sentence that doesn't make any sense at all. Because we'll be like, oh, we were at cinema last night, but we can't talk about it. And that doesn't make any sense. Makes us sense snooty. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> so we have to specify Saturday Night Cinema is a secret screening. Yeah. But we've done that like 10 times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it won't stop. So. Never. We were chatting right before where Emily was saying she might be a bit shy, but she's been on the podcast. But Mark, as our projectionist, will not be on the podcast because he's too shy to sit in front of a microphone. But you try to convince people that it's no more scary than just having a conversation around coffee. No, no, no. This is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so are you like white knuckled right now? I'm you like gripping see... my hands. You can't like even that. see her knuckles because they're so <laughs> hidden by her other hand. Even as a kid, I don't think I ever had a problem of like, when you had to get up in front of the class and be like, here's show and tell. This is my Lego house that I built. Was that a bad scene? No. And I actually think I even know where it started. It was like grade two and there was a talent show. Oh, no. And I, I didn't do well. I'll just I'll just leave it at <laughs> oh, no. that. You know, what I was did... your talent? Like being um, awkward? I sang. Ah. Oh, yes. gee. Okay. Okay. I'm not even Ooh. crazy about my speaking voice. So like, I don't know, really know what I was thinking. And it was bad enough that the principal came up to me later and was like, that was pretty bad. No, what? no. But even now you're nervous about your singing, which can be good. Or maybe I'm supposed to say your singing's amazing and always no, feel no, good about no, your singing. No. But wait, wait, you were... What's that, seven? Eight? Something like that. What are you? Yeah, great. And yeah. a grown-up whose job yeah. is he to... Yeah, like, wow, Emily, that was, that was pretty bad. Is to shape the future <laughs> generations, just totally like dominoed, sliding doors to your life. Yeah, and he just gave me a, a terror for the rest of my life. That's, Thanks. Yeah. I thought it, I was going to say everyone in the crowd was probably like, oh, so adorable. But no, this guy. I want to find this guy now. That's crazy. <laughs> to be fair, you don't know how, how bad she was. So I mean, it, it, Okay, I'm going to be honest. It was it was pretty bad. I started on the that, wrong octave. It'd be funny if you did that to everybody. <laughs> oh, no. Timmy comes off the stage after playing Mary Had a Little Lamb on the piano. He's like, oh, Timmy. And somebody does a little ballet number. He's like, oh, I don't think so, Susie. He was just a monster. He just, he was just ruining everybody. Side note, do you know what song it was? Oh, man, it was, um, <laughs> oh, God, it was Castle on a Cloud from Les Mis. Oh, man. And you... That's like a real song. I know, right? That's a, that is a daring choice. I know. <laughs> I don't really know what I was thinking. What octave did you start on? If it was I, the... I don't know, music. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, da, 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 da. were you like way lower? No, maybe lower. <laughs> there is a castle. Something like that. Were <laughs> you in wardrobe no no it was me uh, alone no music microphone middle oh, of the stage oh man yeah it was brutal that sounds like a movie you couldn't watch is like, that the song yeah. that anne hathaway did in the movie was uh, she i don't know uh no it would have been it, was, it would have been a little girl's part okay, at okay. that point yeah. yeah 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 and you even saw that movie as well well i mean there's been so many adaptations but i know was that the one that had <laughs> russell crowe singing or was that the other one. Uh, yeah, he was Jean. Yeah. No, no, he was the, him and him and Wolverine, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Hugh Jackman. I think Gerard Butler was in one or something. I don't remember. It's all the same movie. God. And it wasn't even a kid being cruel to you. Yeah, I'm not going to get over this. Grown... this is crazy. <laughs> See, when I was a kid, I was 
bullied relentlessly because I was a little fat kid wearing a Wolverine t-shirt. But one of my favorite bullying stories is that <laughs> we did a show and tell, and it was something like I went up and said, I got this He-Man action figure from Santa. So it would have been January or whatever. And the bully, and this is like A-plus bullying, waited me out, pulled me aside at recess, and proceeded to tell me that my parents were lying to me. Santa didn't give me that toy. My parents did. And I just remember him doing it like like American Psycho. Like just, <laughs> I was just the age where still believing in stuff. And it wrecked me. It really, it wrecked me in the way that I talked to my friends with kids. And I'm obsessed about if I had a kid, I don't know if I could lie. And I know lie is a big word because it's fun and it's mythology. And I, I love the holidays and Christmas and all that stuff. But I, I'll never forget that, of that weird thing. And if that hadn't happened, I would have been pleasantly still believing in Santa to this day. <laughs> that one kid ruined everything. Just like that stupid principal that ruined yeah. Emily. <laughs> but imagine if it was that story, but it was my principal did that to Oh me. my gosh, yeah. Man, the principal probably wanted to tell you, but they're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I got a little more tact than a bully for now. And I like saying, I was 17 years old. Yeah, <laughs> it's a damn shame. But still, you turned out okay, all of yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I turned out fine. A friend of mine won some tickets, and I think one is in big quotations, because not to disparage open mic nights, but it was an <laughs> open mic night at Yuck Yucks, I guess. And it was, it was a lot of comedian. They might have been doing like their tight fives or maybe 10 minutes, but over an hour or 90 minutes, it was a lot. And in that 90 minutes, we saw... A couple of really good, these people might have a future. A couple really terrible and a bunch just, ah, that was fine. But one person who I had respect for, and he wasn't terrible in his storytelling, but he was up there on stage, white-knuckling the mic. And I saw him shaking a bit as he kind of stumbled through his stories. And he did a couple of good stories, made people laugh a couple times. But I had such respect for him because it was like, this guy, his psychiatrist or somebody said you got to do this this is your dream mm -hmm. and he did it and he got a nice round of applause afterwards but i was like i hope he didn't die right after he walked off a stage because you could tell he was nervous and if me with no warning if you would say okay just go up and introduce somebody i could be like okay this next guy is uh, jim he's here from ottawa give him a big round of applause i could do that i couldn't do a set you know yeah yeah very different but this guy, I had such respect for him. So he like, didn't say anything during his set. He wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm a little nervous. No, and that almost would have been better if he would have said, because I've learned that the old days stand-up was like, here's why did the chicken cross the road? Modern stand-up, and I'm modern, I'm talking about the last 40 years, is really more storytelling. And often it could just be like, this was my Thanksgiving dinner. This is my horrible relationship with my girlfriend. My life's a joke, yeah. Yeah, you really got to be self-deprecating. And if he would have went up there and talked about how nervous he was, I think that would have, that almost would have been my suggestion. Like, oh, this is, this would have been a good part of your story. So my therapist would say, that's an avoidance behavior. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't draw attention to it. Because then, okay. then you're proving to your brain that there's something to be worried about. Yeah. You and just have to treat it like it's a normal experience. When you have dropped the ball and not read the book, luck of the draw, get called to the front of the class to answer the question about Animal Farm. Do not say, I didn't read the book. <laughs> Just start going. Just what is a farm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
there's pigs on the farm. There's some conflict. Just wing it and you might get through. Probably not. Worst nightmare. It's basically just Charlotte's Web is my understanding. <laughs> I remember some kid doing that for, God, whatever it was, Animal Farm or Catching the Rye. <laughs> Similar books. Well, every high school book is depressing, right? Yeah. They're not like, hey, let's read a Neil Gaiman book. Every book is Romeo and Juliet. 1984. Yeah, they're like, what are you, why? I don't understand this. <laughs> And this dude got up there and did his best, and he had charm and charisma, and you looked at the teacher, and that teacher knew that he didn't know nothing, and everyone in the class had this kind of uncomfortable, you can do it, but there's that moments where you're just like, some people could do that, and the other person would just walk up there and faint or something, you know? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let us, before we run out of time, actually chat about the movies we have on hand for the week of Friday, September 9th here at the Mayfair. We have a couple of retro films. Our Charlie Chaplin Fest kicks off with The Kid, Mm. which is hilarious because it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I always think is funny because when a movie like this has 99%, you're like, okay, who is it? Who? Come on. (laughs) There's someone who shouldn't have been watching those movies anyways. You're like, oh, these are old and uh, black and white. I can't do this. (laughs) There's title cards. What is this? I was telling my dad about this festival, and then he took that to be a challenge to see if he could name or predict the movies that you picked. Oh. And so he's like, oh, I got Chaplin and Modern Times. I don't know. He said a few that were not playing, and but he just went off for a couple of minutes, and I was like, "Do you want me to tell you the list or no?" And and then when I would say it, he was like, "That's what I was gonna say." Oh, I was just trying to think of that title, you know. So he got half of them. So not bad. Two out of four ain't bad. Your dad would be good on the podcast if we just said <laughs> westerns, and then oh, he'd good. go for half an hour. He's really good. Or yes, like as long as we steer away from politics, then like it's fine. <laughs> westerns, war films, war films, for whiskey. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. War films again. I don't know if we can get back to that. So then speaking of dad movies, we Mm. have Goodfellas, the Martin Scorsese classic, much belated, but I think this is definitely the first time we've played it since poor Ray Liotta has passed away. Again, it's one of those movies where you're like, it's Goodfellas. Do we got to sell you on Goodfellas? I saw it for the first time last time we played it, which was, God, I don't know, five years ago or so I have no concept of time, but I just hadn't gotten to it. And, you know, then I was biking home from that and I felt like a real tough guy. Like, (laughs) something about watching those movies, you're just like cruising around, you're like looking for a fight, but not really because like (laughs) I would get defeated instantly. But still, like, makes me feel like a real toughie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Such a dumb thing to say. Yeah, it's good, fellas. (laughs) But also... It only, not only, it won Best Supporting Actor for Joe Pesci, Mm -hmm. which is always interesting because a movie like that, you would think just be like winner of 10 Academy Awards. And I think that year, the controversy, as often happens, there's the movie that the film people like and then the mainstream movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that year it was Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, it was Pulp Fiction versus Forrest Gump Mm -hmm. and Forrest Gump won. There was really an era of just the kind of tamer mainstream movie beat out the more edgy thing (laughs) yeah like green book oh green book god yeah that's a good example (laughs) yeah they're like oh you know here's a nice version of racism for white people to enjoy yeah yeah great great." from the director of dumb and dumber yeah that's a whole other thing but yeah but mahershal ali though we love him he's great oh god i'm nerd can't wait he's gonna be in blade yeah oh it's gonna be so good he's playing the blade Blade. What yeah. a good choice. Yeah, isn't it? He, he can already tell. We haven't even seen a frame of it. We already no. know it's going to be good. And I like anytime people kick the MCU, it's fine. If you don't like Marvel movies, that's fine. But you can't argue the talent. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's him. It's Oscar Isaac. It's 
Mark Ruffalo is so much talent in front of the screen, getting in funny costumes and punching each other. <laughs> yeah, and there's a rumor that they might be getting Denzel Washington to play a role, like in Whoa. something. They didn't say what. Someone was like, oh, he'd be a great Magneto. And I was like, he'd be a great anything. Like, yeah, I know yeah. You, could, you name it and I would enjoy that. I thought it'd be interesting to get Wesley Snipes to play the Chris Christopherson role from mm. Blade. Okay. So kind of like a weird tribute, but now have him playing the old man in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I like legacy stuff. Like, you see that a lot? On The Flash, they got the guy from the 90s Flash playing old Flash. I think that's kind of cool when they yeah. kind of tip their hat to the other generation. They did that in the Les Miserables movie. The guy who was the priest was the original stage guy who was Jean Valjean. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. It's, it's a nice tribute to the old days you know? yeah yeah by the same token they're, they're having tim roth come back as abomination on she hulk oh, yeah. has been cool he was in the edward norton hulk and a lot of people were like okay well now that edward norton's not hulk are we gonna ignore that or you know and there's been several hulk stuff and the, and even that one kind of didn't ignore the ang lee bun but kind of was like loosely involved and so now that's been kind of neat i'm just like hey tim roth what are you up to lately bud like it's nice now, to see now that some... normal people understand what a multiverse is it makes it way easier just to be like multiverse yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> like, yell at it stuff. You know, like, like oh, that's right. that's the same looking guy, but a different guy. And people are like, oh. And they had that a line where, yeah, like Bruce Banner was like, oh, I'm not the same guy anymore, like literally, or oh, something yeah. like that. And I was like, ah, ah. And he winked at the camera and <laughs> yeah, did a star wipe. Didn't even have to. <laughs> Come on. So then our Ottawa premiere this week is a movie from Sengal called Saloom. And I'm trying not to learn too much about this movie because it looks really cool. And I don't want to learn the kind of nope twist and turns. (laughs) But it is three mercenaries extracting a drug lord out of Guinea-Bissau are forced to hide in the mythical region of Saloum Sengal. It's fantastical. So I don't know if Mm. it's like ghosts or something supernatural like monsters. But there's like a twist in this movie that I have so far avoided that I want to avoid. And I also know because it won Best Director at Fantastic Fest, and that is genuinely a genre film festival. Yeah, it's one of those things that's funny where I'm writing the blurbs and trying to, like, you know, peek your way through the reviews. Because some reviews are good. Some reviews, it's like an essay. They just give you the movie. And you're like, ah, oh, you just told me the ending. So <laughs> this looks like a really cool movie, but... If you want to learn more about it, go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying not to learn too much about it. <laughs> Maybe the twist is that it's not fantastical. And you find out, it's like, oh no, this is real life. This is how it is. It's like a here. law drama or something. Yeah, something like, like that could be pretty good. Tim Roth is in it playing the abomination <laughs> for some reason. Like, this doesn't even make sense. Things not being fantastical is my least favorite twist in a movie. <laughs> because sometimes there's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie where you're like, oh, there's a monster coming. And then you're like, Oh, the real monster is man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know we're the real monster, but I wanted a monster. <laughs> There's a monster at the end of this book. <laughs> That's my favorite book. Yeah, right? I love that book. Because <laughs> what is, is it, spoily on a 20-year-old movie, but is it the village where they're like, yeah. monster, 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 and then it's like, oh, it's Adrian Brody in a cloak or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, there was like a couple of monster suits that they would wear, and it was just like, oh, surprise, actually, it's in, which was the same twist in uh, Antebellum, which was even worse. Or they were just like, oh, we're not back in the past. We're in modern daytime, keeping you in a place that is like the past. Wait a minute. That was also the one in, what's the black exploitation one? Yeah, Antebellum. Oh, that's Antebellum? Yeah, yeah. Isn't there one with 
the character's name? Oh, you. Oh, yeah. You're also talking about. Uh, yes, and we just watched it not that long ago. And yeah, I don't remember the name. So there's multiple movies with this twist, not a twist. I yeah, and even and in that one, yeah, it reminded me of Antebellum in a bad way. I mean, they were both not good, but shoot, what, I can't remember the name of that. Uh, it was the woman. Um, yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. I, we're not I gonna like look. It, I like it. We're just gonna drive people crazy by Dr- not looking it up on yeah, the internet. That's gonna that's gonna bug me. But it, yeah, it was a woman's name and a very good actress and so Based so on a true movie. story. Yeah, which is bonkers we don't like thinking about that but yeah but we played that whatever it was called but yeah no those twists are I, i'm gonna say this i did like the village i've always liked the village oh yeah it's not perfect but really good use of color like the directing is really good you know the acting is sometimes good i wish everyone the best and give second chances but i i've really stuck m night Shyamalan in i don't want to watch your movie anymore jail oh jeez. <laughs> like, well, the visit was pretty good i thought the visit was good and old was entertaining. I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask I about like this. The par- I always like the part in an M. Night movie where he shows up. He might as well be wearing a t-shirt saying, I'm the director. Yeah. Because he is not a good actor. There had to be somebody else who could have been in that part. He's a better actor when he's only in it for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's like a messenger or something like that. You know, in his early stuff, he's barely in them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, the, the longer he's around, the bigger role. He, he's gunning for that supporting actor Oscar, I think. Yeah. So then next we have a movie called The Good Boss, starring Javier Bardem. It basically looks like it's kind of a comedic drama about a guy who works in a factory awaiting to get an award and his day goes horribly wrong. I think that's what the plot is. So if you don't like cringe comedy, Uh I think that's what this is. (laughs) Oh no, Emily's not going to be coming to this. (laughs) Oh no. But she did figure out that that movie was Alice. That's what we're trying to think of. I knew it was something really simple like that. With Kiki Palmer, who's amazing. Yeah. Good boss. I saw the trailer last night. I'm all in. I like this kind of stuff. It's, (laughs) I understand people who don't like horror movies or roller coasters or whatever, but you watch a movie like this. And for me, it's, well, that's not happening to me. So I'm okay. (laughs) And often I think he's like, a bad dude like he's some guy who runs a factory he's not great to his employees but he's winning an award and that's kind of the irony of the movie and it just looks like i don't know how horrible it's gonna get for him but i think that's the plot of the good boss is someone pretending to be a good boss and everything goes horribly wrong as long as it goes wrong for him then great like he gets run over by a steamroller at the end or something like i, I don't know. know who knows and it won Goya Awards, it won like six awards and was nominated for something ridiculous like 16 or something. Basically, like everybody got nominated. Those are the Spanish Oscars? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And it's the official submission for the international awards at the Oscars for next year, too. Oh, man. So it'll probably be up for that. Yeah, especially Javier Bardem. I like his career. Kind of goes back and forth. They'll do a little independent foreign film foreign film to us yeah and then do something mainstream and kind of go back and forth like that a foreign film to him yeah <laughs> that we're the goes, foreign to yeah him. he switches back and forth and then another foreign film the last film this week is called waiting for bojangles mm. and it is a romantic drama about a mom and dad and a kid it's about them trying to keep their life fun is the kid's name bojangles no i think the song is waiting for bojangles that's their favorite song Mr. Bojangles? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that like a Sammy Davis Jr. song? I mean, I think he did it. I heard so many covers of it that I can't remember who did the original at this point. But yeah, I I saw this title and I was like, okay, so is Mr. Bojangles involved or are they naming a kid Mr. Bojangles? The kid's name is Bojangles? That's that's not It's a bad choice. Yeah. Or that could be the dog's name. Like, I don't know. You have to watch it to find out, I guess. But it stars French actress named Virgin 
Virgin Afria. Nailed it. And she was in Benedetta mm. and Madeline Collins, which was a really good, like, kind of Hitchcocky movie we screened a little while ago. So I didn't really know her. And it's one of those things where it's not really a small world, it's a giant world. Because I think over in France, she is like Penelope Cruz. Or, yeah, or like Kate Blanchett or somebody. And here, I never heard of her before. <laughs> And you look at her on IMDb, and she's done 25 movies and won 10 awards and has never done a North American film. And that's fascinating where over there she might not be able to walk down the street. And here she's in movies that only people who come to places like the Mayfair get to see. Yeah, and even the owner hasn't heard of her. So we're doing our best. But in those two movies, I, I really fell in love with her and really thought she, especially Madeline Collins. And Benedetta is the weird, controversial, she's a nun doing un like things back yeah. in the day movie which is also very good but it's it's more sacrilegious it is more sacrilegious <laughs> and also very purposefully controversial you could see them pushing the envelope <laughs> a bit whereas madden collins really was like a character piece where mm-hmm. she got to shine in it but now i want to track down all these other movies yeah it's, it's funny when you get introduced to somebody now you have 25 movies to watch. You were just saying that with bands, you know, where you're like, oh, there's this new band I like, and now I have to sift through all this stuff to find the good stuff. But then sometimes there sometimes ends up not there being other no good, good stuff. stuff. <laughs> like, I, I like that one thing, but uh, oh well. What, did you discover a one-hit wonder? Oh, no, it's it's happened in the past. I can't. Yeah, there's no specific example, but yeah, it's always, you know, where you hear a good song and then you're like, oh, good, I can find their other stuff. And then you're like, oh, none of it is good. <laughs> like, well, I got that one thing at least. That was it. So that is our movies for the week of September 9th, 2022. We'll wrap things up. You can find information about all these movies and other movies at mayfairtheater.ca and all the social medias. Thanks for listening. Thanks for dropping by, Emily. Thanks for having me again. And we'll see you at the Mayfair for some cool movies soon up on the big screen. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. Two days after this drops, the new cage is premiering at TIFF. There's always a new cage. I know, but and, and, and I didn't like that awkward silence. It's almost like I'm the only one hyped about this. I'm hyped. That was my new tattoo, cage. Yeah, get excited, Emily. I have to be. Yeah, if you are, I am. From taxi driver to raging bull, he looked inside a world few had ever seen. Did you know how these people live? <laughs> now, director Martin Scorsese brings the underworld to life. Rex Reed calls Goodfellas great entertainment. One of Scorsese's best films ever. Big, rich, powerful, and explosive. Goodfellas, rated R. Nominated for six Academy Awards. Look for it on video cassette.